Well, good morning. Welcome to Generation Church this morning. How many of you are cold this morning? Dang, it was cold this morning. I'm like, I'm not used to this kind of weather. So, uh, but uh, it's good to see you here on this cold, uh, I would say fall morning, but it's, it feels more like winter out there. We had to take all our signs down because they were blowing everywhere, like they were in the streets and everything. So uh, it was kind of crazy out there. Well, we finished our massive series today, and uh, this has been a four-part series, and this is part four that we're going to look at today. And uh, what, what this series has been all about is discovering that there is a massive God. And he is to be worshipped. He is to be adored. He has made a massive sacrifice for us by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to come and die for us. And then as a church, he's given us a massive mission to go and tell his love to the nations. And today, uh, we're going to finish it off uh, today. Have you ever thought, I've got a question for you today. Have you ever thought how incredibly complex you are? Have you ever thought about that? Maybe you thought about it about your wife or your husband or your children, but you are incredibly complex. You may have hear, heard somebody just talking to you and say, I just don't understand you. Or you may have been talking to someone else and you're thinking, I just don't understand them. Well, the reason is, is because you are incredibly complex. Complex. And the chances are you may not even understand yourself at times because you are that complex. Let me tell you how complex you are as a person. The average human body has 50 trillion cells. 50 trillion cells. I don't even know how many zeros that is. I mean, I'll be honest. 50 trillion cells. Your body right now has 50 trillion cells. In each of those cells, is there, there is something called your DNA sequence. So there is 50 trillion DNA sequences, all that look the same, in your body right now. There are an estimated 3 billion pieces of DNA that make up your DNA sequence. If you uh, had your entire DNA sequence written out, it would fill over 200 1,000 page New York City telephone directories. That's pretty big. That is your DNA sequence. If you unwrap your DNA sequence in all those 50 trillion cells and you stack them on top of each other, you would be able to go to the moon and back 3,000 times. That's pretty crazy. It's it's about 250,000 miles to the moon. So you could do that round trip, that 500,000 miles, you know, that take a day trip to the moon. You could do that here, go there and back. 3,000 times with just unraveling your DNA. It, it would take a person typing 60 words a minute, eight hours a day, 50 years to type all your DNA sequence. And then within that DNA sequence, there is an estimated 20 to 25,000 genes that make up who you are. Can anyone say that we are pretty complex individuals? What's more, there are approximately, in the course of this earth, scientists believe that there has been over 1.6 billion people who have ever walked this earth. And at some point, that, oh, walk this earth at some point, and each 
person has a unique DNA sequence within their bodies. You are very unique. You are unique from anybody else. And you are very complex. And you are incredibly made. You know, when I think of these numbers, I can't help but think that we were created by an incredible creator who just blows our minds away. I'll be honest, when I think of those numbers, they're just, I mean, it's just, you you can't even think in in, in terms. They kind of just blow your mind to think of those numbers, to think that is what's going on within your body. But yet, when I think about it, I think that I must have been created by an incredible creator who just blows our minds away. And you know, the Bible tells us in Isaiah, Isaiah says that, that our thoughts are not God's thoughts and our ways are not God's ways. And when I think about this, I think, well, yes, Isaiah, state the obvious. I mean, come on, someone who can create human beings as incredibly complex as we are, there's no way that we can be on the same level as they can. A God who can create a complex human being as you and me will never be able to be understood. This creator God, this massive craftsman will never be able to be understood. However, I don't believe for you and for me that he just created us for the sake of creating things. He didn't design this incredibly complex individual that you are just to live a life and then die. Just to spend 80 years on this earth and then die. I believe that you were created by God. You were formed by God. You were birthed into this world by a creator God for a significance. And you are a significant person this morning. Even though there might have been 106 billion people who've walked this earth, even though that there, there, there is a universe that is so massive and so grand uh, that our minds cannot even th- fathom it, you are a person of significance. This God who was here before time began, the one who threw the stars into their place, the one who lit the sun with his voice, The one who came and condensed all his power to live on this earth and live a perfect life designed you and me, the most complex human beings, with just a piece of dust. And this creator God is far more interested in you than you may ever know. In fact, he has an identity for you. And what I want to do this morning, I want to give you three statements that I believe that God thinks of when he thinks about you. Three statements. In the hope that we believe and we will we'll go at it today knowing that there is significance in our lives, that there is a God in heaven who deeply loves and deeply cares for us. And the very first statement I want to make to you today is this. Your creator knows more about you than you know about yourself. Your creator knows more about you than you know about yourself. If you have your Bibles this morning, you can turn to Psalm 139. Psalm 139, you can follow it on the screen as well. We'll have the words on the screen. But in Psalm 139, starting at verse 1, this is what the psalmist said. He said, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down. Or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. 
You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. You know, when I read that, I realize that there is a God in heaven who looks upon you and me, and he is constantly examining our hearts. Constantly examining our hearts. I mean, think, that just blows me away to think that, what is there, about 7 million people who live on this earth right now? And everyone, God, is constantly examining their heart. God knows everything you do, everywhere you go. God knows when you sit down and when you stand up. God knows when you are thinking of getting ice cream or you're thinking of getting a donut. God knows when you are thinking about will the Ravens win today or will they lose like they've been doing all stinking season. Uh, God knows everything that you are thinking. He knows tomorrow morning when you get up that you really don't want to go to work because it's going to be cold and you want to stay in your bed. He, He knows everything that is going on in your life. Every thought he knows. He knows when you are sad. He knows when you are happy. He knows when you are depressed and you are down. He also knows that when you are just over the moon and you're so joyful and you're happy and life is great. He knows what disappoints you and he knows what fills your heart. He knows when life just throws you a sucker punch and life is tough and life is difficult. He also knows your dreams and your passions and your hopes for tomorrow. He watches your every move, not in like a scary big brother kind of way, not like walking around Washington DC, knowing that there's cameras on you wherever you go. But he watches your every move because because he cares for you. Because he wants to protect you and he keeps his distance, but he wants to protect you. He goes before you as a guide when you go along ways that you don't understand. He even takes your hand and he leads you through life when life gets tough. This massive God, this creator God knows you intimately and he cares for you. You know, when I was about seven years old, every year we went to a holiday camp, and it was called Butlins, and, uh, and they, they, they were like kind of big things. If you've ever seen the movie Dirty Dancing, then like kind of those kind of holiday camps. And uh, we, we, we went to this holiday camp every year, and, uh, and it was like this Christian convention we went to, and uh, they had lots of stuff for kids. They had like fairground rides. They had like mini golf and, uh, um, and, and tons, of, tons of different stuff. They had like swimming pools and, and everything. It was great. And we had a great time. We'd meet the same people every year. Well, the one year I was with my friend and, and we were, uh, I was eight years old and we went to the fairground. My mom and dad were in some convention somewhere. And uh, so we were, we were uh, going around and I lost my friend. And Suddenly, I realized I was in this big holiday camp, and I did not know where to go, who to go to, and I did not know where my mom and dad was. And at eight years old, I was a big mommy's boy, and I just stood there, and I started to cry, and cry, and cry, and cry. And I must have stood there. For me, it must have been like three days, uh, because I was just like, where is everybody? I'm totally lost. 
and really it was like two minutes. And then one of the uh, uh, one, one of the uh, uh, people who worked there saw me, and they came and they took me to the place where they take lost children. And it was this, uh, I don't know, this building, and it had all this stuff in there, and there was stuff to play, and it looked really cool. But for the full 15 minutes that I was lost, I cried my eyes out. I was just like, I want my mom, I want my mom, I want my mom. And, uh, and I don't do that anymore, just to let you know. But, uh, but I was crying and crying and crying, and it felt like an age. And the reality was, is that I was separated from everybody who loved me. Everybody who cared for me, I was separated. It was only like 15 minutes. I'm serious, it's like 15 minutes. But I still remember it to my day. Everybody who cared for me, I was totally separated from. My parents, my friends, my families. And I felt so alone. But yet, God isn't like that. And you may be feeling like that today in your life. You may be feel that you are alone, that you are lost. That, 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 that suddenly you look around and you are lost in life. You are lost in, in what's going on in your life. Maybe there's lots of people around you. Maybe you've got family around you. But you know that you are lost. And no one knows where you really are in life. But God isn't like that. God knows where you are. God knows what you are thinking. Look what the psalmist said in Psalm 139, starting at verse 7. It says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you, God, are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride on the wings of the morning, If I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as the day. Darkness and light are the same to you. Basically, the psalmist here is saying, there is no getting away from your God. There is no point in even trying to understand God. Because wherever you go in life, whatever situation you are in life, God is right there. There's a term that we use in, in, uh, in the Christian faith, and it's called omnipresence. And it means that God is present at all times. And, and I'll be honest, I don't understand it. I don't understand how a being can be present at all times. But the reality is, if we have faith in God, then we believe that God is with you wherever you may go. So tomorrow morning when you're on your, on, on your way to work, and you're hitting 95 and, 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 and you're hating all the, all, the, all the commuters and all the traffic, God is right there with you. Maybe you're staying at home and, 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 and you're at home and you're playing with your kids and you're having a great time with your family. God is there right with you. Maybe you're going through some tough times in your life and you feel alone and, 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 and you feel that no one understands. God is right there beside you. Because God sees every move and he's right beside you wherever you may go. There's no getting away from it. God is too great to understand. And as brilliant and complex as you are, the reality is you are not smart enough this morning to understand God. 
you're not smart enough to understand how this huge, massive God intimately cares for you. The second statement I want to make this this morning. The first one is, God knows you better than you know yourself. The second statement is this. Your creator made a masterpiece when he created you. Your creator made, it, made a masterpiece when he created you. And you can hear some of the guys like, yeah, that's right. I'm a masterpiece. You know? And the lady's like, yeah, sure, whatever. But this is what the psalmist says in Psalm 139, starting at verse 13. It said, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. And you knit me together in my mother's womb. Then he says this, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had past. Did you know this morning that you are fearfully and wonderfully made? God has wonderfully made you and made me. You may look at yourself in the mirror and you may think you're not so wonderful. You may look at yourself in the mirror and you think, what is so good and wonderful about me? But the reality is, is you are wonderfully made. Just the fact that you are sitting here this morning and you are breathing and you don't even realize that you're breathing. That's pretty incredible. That's pretty amazing that you are here. You are living and you are breathing and you are not even trying to breathe. It just happens naturally. You are wonderful. When God created you, he didn't just create another Ken and Barbie. You know? Just another one that looks exactly the same as the other. Just put some other new clothes on Barbie and she looks different. No, she doesn't. She looks exactly the same. I don't know how little girls get so like they have different names for this one and that. They're all the same. It's like American Girl. Have you seen those American Girls? Uh, They're just ridiculously expensive. I don't know why anyone would want one anyway. But they they all look the same. Um, and, 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 And you are not one of those. You have been crafted by the master craftsman. And when he created you, he created a masterpiece. He didn't just put you on the shelf along with everyone else to be bought or sold. But this creator God, this massive God has taken an intimate interest in you ever since you were created. That's what the psalmist said. He said, when I was woven in my mother's womb, God knew. God knew you when you were woven in your mother's womb. And you know what? Even more, God delights in you as well. When he looks on you, God is pleased. God delights in you. He delights in your personality. He delights in the way that you're just made up. He delights in your gifts and your dreams. And they've all been woven together by the master craftsman. And you may not like yourself at times. But God, he understands you and he delights in you and he loves you and he cares for you and he looks on you and he doesn't see just another creation. He sees something that is wonderful. And that leads me to my third statement I want to make this morning. And my last statement is this. The first one is, is 
creator knows you more than that you know yourself. Your creator, he made a masterpiece when he created you. And thirdly this morning, your creator calls you more than just a creation. Your creator calls you more than just a creator. You know, when God thinks about you, he doesn't just think about you in the same light as he thinks about the sun and the stars and the moon. He doesn't think uh, of you as just another piece of his creation. He doesn't think about you as just one of another billions of people he has ever created. Oh, there's just another one. There's another human being. There's another male. There's another female. No, God thinks about you more than just a creation. This is what Psalm 139 verse 17 said. It says, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake up, you are still with me. You know, God is constantly thinking about you. He's constantly with you. And God is constantly loving you. And you may ask this morning, well, why? Why would God care for me? Why would God, out of the 7 billion people that live in this world right now, why would God care for me? Why would God take an intimate interest in me? Why would God care what, what I do with my death? What would God care if I get up in the morning or not? Why would, why would somebody who is out, obviously out there, a creator God, who's been there before time began, why would he care about me? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought, why, why does he care about us? I mean, he's such a big, huge, massive, incredible God. He could just like smite us. Like, you know, that's like Morgan Freeman, right? Smite us. And uh, he could smite us or like just, just totally destroy us in one hand. And in a moment, through his voice, he could create like better people than us. You know, better looking people than us. He could be like fitter people than us. People who love more than we can. God could do that because he's an incredible, massive God. So why does God care about you and about me? Why is God interested in every thought that we make? Well, the reason is found in the New Testament. And if we really get hold of what this really means, it will so change our lives forever. And we'll get a grasp of who God really is. In the book of John, chapter 1, and verse 12, verse 10 to 12, it says this. Says Jesus came into the world he created, but the world did not recognize him. He came to his own people and they rejected him. But all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Children of God. So John is telling us here that Jesus came into this world. And the reason he came into this world, so that you might believe him first, and then you might accept him as Jesus second. And if you do that, then you have the right to become a child of God. A child of God. We have an opportunity not just to be a creation, not just to be a science experiment, but now we have the opportunity to become family members of God. 
family members of God. We have the opportunity to go around his house for Thanksgiving and for Christmas and, 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 and embrace all that the family of God is all about. John wasn't the only one who said this. In, in Romans chapter 8, a guy called the Apostle Paul said in Romans 8 verse 15, he said, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received a spirit, the spirit of God, when he adopted you as his own children. He adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, which means like Daddy Father, like he's our dad. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. So you've got this creator God, this God, this massive being, the one who is here before the world began. And he looks upon you. He comes alongside you. He walks with you. He gets to know every single thought that you think all for one reason. And that is because he wants you to be his child. He wants to be your father. This creator God wants to be your father. He wants to give you all the blessings a father gives to his son. And when your creator thinks about you, he doesn't just think about a creation. He thinks about a child. A child that he loves dearly. So often, we can find our identity in the things that we try to achieve. Our identity in climbing the corporate ladder, in advancing our career. We try to find our identity often in the clothes that we wear, in the job that we have, in the house that we live in, in the cars that we drive. We try to find significance through relationships or social status. But you know what happens? We keep searching and we keep searching and we keep searching. And we try to find significance for this life. But yet God, the massive creator, the one who put the stars in in their place, the one then who came to earth and made a massive sacrifice, the one who left this earth after making that sacrifice and gave us, his church, a massive mission, is the one who has made you significant. He is the one who has called you by name, and your name is this, son and daughter of the living God. That's your identity. It's not in all this other stuff that may happen in life. Your identity and your significance is this. You are a son or a daughter of the living God. The one who created this vast universe. The one who our minds cannot even fathom. The one who, who, who spoke the sun into being. Who spoke life into being. The one with our puny little minds that we will never ever fully understand. Looked past all the creation. He looked past the sun. 
He looks past the stars. He looks past the moons. He looks past the mountains and the valleys. He looks past the great oceans. All the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, the mammals on the land. He looks past all those and he looks directly at you. Someone who is so significant and he calls you his child. One more verse I want to just, uh, thing I want to put up on the screen. And this is what it says. It says, a massive creator who made a massive sacrifice and gave a massive mission has given you massive significance. You are his child. You. Sometimes I feel so insignificant myself. Who am I? That God would call his child. And this morning, never let that image go from your mind. When you are down and life hurts, don't let that image go that you are his child. When you are on top of the world and there are blessings all around and life is great, don't let that image go that you are his child. For he created you for a purpose and that purpose is this, to be his child. You are not insignificant. Even though in the course of this universe and eternity, it may seem like our lives are so insignificant, you are not insignificant for you are a child of the living God and he loves you deeply. Let's bow our heads in prayer.